Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Hello there, Susan here inside Yorkshire, and I'm quite excited about this episode. I'm interviewing Sam Hollis, who is a Yorkshire web designer currently living in Mozambique. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Susan. Yes, and I can see the beautiful, um, obviously listeners won't be able to see it, but the beautiful backdrop of your garden out there and the sunshine. It looks amazing. Yeah, it is quite nice out here. It is now um, the equivalent of November um, for out here because it's obviously we've got the opposite seasons. Um, but yeah, it's still in the mid-20s and sometimes reaching 30s in the day. So we can't really complain too much about the weather. Mm. No, not, a, not at all. Um, the, uh, well, we've, we've been fortunate with some good weather here. I mean, obviously in the UK, we're pretty much fixated on the weather because it fluctuates <laughs> so much. Um, but uh, yes, we've been fortunate recently here, but uh, nothing as um, consistent as you've currently got. Now then, what I'm intrigued about, Sam, because we have been, uh, we've been in communication with each other for a while now, and I hadn't realised that you were actually, even then, talking to me <laughs> from Mozambique. I'd just like you to explain why you're out there. And I know from what you told, you told me earlier that it was quite, um, quite a scurry to get out there in time with all the lockdown restrictions. Yeah, so it all started about um, October or so last year. Oh, no, earlier, actually. It must have been. August or September I try and each month go out with my dad um, meet up with him and go for a walk and often we go places where there's no mobile reception um, and we went one day got to the end of the day there was no reception we we're in a deep valley as I was driving out I got lots of messages lots from my wife Zoe um, saying what do you think to living in Mozambique which was a bit of a novel idea um, and basically, she, she works for a large company, had fancied a change, so I'd had a chat with them and said, well, can I work at one of the different places around the world? Um, and it decided, and they'd come up with Mozambique between them. So, um, so yeah, it sort of went from there. I sort of, first job was go to Google Maps and actually find out where Mozambique was beyond <laughs> it in Africa. <laughs> I knew that much. And then a bit of Googling about what's there and what's it like. Um, and it seemed a pretty interesting place. So it sort of went from there. My wife, Zoe, um, is out here helping to run a sugar business. Um, so she's doing that. And then I carrying on my business out here. And our two girls aged 11 and 13 have come out here too. Okay. So a, a complete change of lifestyle for you then. Yeah, yes. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and you were saying about going out as well. So yes, getting out here was a bit tricky. We'd, the dates got put off a few times. And we had flights booked for um, April, middle of April. But as March was, and we'd had, sort of, as we were saying, we'd been booking this well before the coronavirus came in and any sorts about that. But as the date got closer, there were more restrictions coming in around the world. Um, so we'd had to change when the children's schooling was ending, got pushed back a few times. Um, and so eventually we thought we'd finally got it booked and it was Sunday night. We all went out for an Indian meal, put the children to bed, and then they knew on Monday they had their last day of school. And after that, um, on the Tuesday, we're going to drive to Manchester Airport and fly. 
So we put the children to bed, look um, at the news, and we just found that South Africa are about to go into full lockdown in two days' time, and they're not going to allow anybody through the country, even in their airports. Uh, so that meant if we did fly Tuesday when planned, we couldn't get there. So yes, that was a very literally 10 o'clock at night, change the flights for the next day, wake the children up at six o'clock in the morning and tell them, sorry, it's not the last day of school at all today. We're actually flying today, dive in the car um, and drive to Manchester airport. And off we went. Uh, got the wow. last flight possible from the UK into South Africa. Um, rather worried the whole time about temperature checks and stuff. But we made it through, made it through to Maputo. And yeah, we, we made it in, just literally scraped in the last, probably the last flight we possibly could. Mm. Yes, and um, well, I hadn't realised, I, I knew that you'd made it just before lockdown, but I hadn't realised that you'd have to change your plans so, um, so quickly as far as the actual dates. So uh, that, must yeah, have been, so I, that must have been quite a challenge. You were obviously packed. You must have been packed, I, were you? <laughs> yeah, so well, in the main stuff uh, got shipped. So most of the house had been emptied a month and a half before. Um, mm. So we were pretty much living on deck chairs anywhere in the house. And it was only the last minute things. Um, so yes, the house was all ready for renting. It got left in a little bit of a mess, unfortunately. And then the plan was to get cleaners in. And of course, even that failed because as soon as we asked the cleaners to come in, the whole of the UK was locked down and they weren't allowed to, they weren't allowed anymore. Um, so is, is your house still in, in um, your Yorkshire home then? Is that still in a bit of limbo then needing to be sorted? So, no, so that worked all right in the end. We had some people ready to rent it um so they came in there was just a yeah unfortunately the house was messier than we'd like to hand it over because we had to dash out at the last minute the cleaners we got in to clear it out for us couldn't come in because they weren't allowed um mm. but yeah they managed to get in quickly before the lockdown mm. took effect properly so yeah it sort of worked out for everyone in the end they got in early we managed to leave it and um, yeah it all worked out but the children couldn't say goodbye to their friends i guess not face to face mm. No, so that their last school date got moved a couple of times, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, so they were, they were a bit upset about that, but realised that yes, if we wanted to go, um, we had to go. We had, um, they had had a few of them over on the Sunday, so they'd seen quite a few. And in fact, by that stage, it was the stage where a few people were dropping out of school. So some of them, so they knew one or two of them we wouldn't see again because one or two of their friends were already dropping out of school, people with parents with medical conditions and so on. But yes, they're sort of main saying goodbye. Unfortunately, they missed out on. So mm. we'll have to come back and do have to come back and do that at some stage when we can come back in. Yes, yes. Well, I guess um, everything is is just up in the air for most of us at the moment, not knowing who we can see when, and uh, it's it's a bit of a challenge all round. But um, what a lovely thing to be able to do. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> That's Imogen delivering me a milkshake. Ah. That's very, very kind of her. She's <laughs> she's on the podcast now, you can tell her. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Um, so what are, what are your thoughts then uh, um, about the, the changes that you've had to make? I know um, work-wise with everything being fairly um, mobile these days over the internet, it doesn't really matter. And uh, to be fair, I hadn't realised initially that you'd moved and that I was talking to you from another country when uh, when we connected previously so uh, how is it affecting business? Um, so in terms of business in terms of moving uh, it's not really been a big change um, in some ways 
the lockdown thing has made it simpler. So I've been working to more marketing online because I've done an awful lot of networking. Um, and only once I've, my computers came out and literally my suit, one of my suitcases was monitors and computers and things. Uh, but I, you know, as long as there's a good and strong internet connection, I'm pretty much away because I'm e emailing people. I've got um, an internet-based phone line um, so people can still call me on a whole number. Um, so that's all worked really well. And the transition with online networking has suddenly meant I can network from here um, just like I could at home. And because everybody is online networking and Zoom calling and calling um, is made less of a difference than normal because I'm doing exactly the same as everybody who's in the UK, which is talking to people remotely from wherever you happen to be sat. Just I'm sat slightly further away from everybody than everybody else. And in glorious sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, usually I, I try and make an effort to make my calls outside so then I get out a bit during the day rather than being stuck in the office. So yeah, so mm. that works quite well and yeah, make sure I come and enjoy the sunshine a little bit. Yeah, so it's um it, it's definitely well maybe maybe well presumably you're on a laptop, so it's the laptop lifestyle, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, I do I do spend quite a bit of time upstairs with the two monitors because it does make everything a lot easier. Uh but yes, I do have the laptop I can take around and um and move around with me. Hmm. No, that's great. So, from the from the point of view of uh, of what you actually do, do you want to explain that? Because I know one of the interesting facts about your web design business is that you don't. Well, I don't know if if you also offer a full charge for producing a, a website upfront, but I know that the um, the good thing about the way you uh, you offer your services now to help people who are perhaps struggling a little financially, you are um, you're offering a, a pay almost a pay as you go website design. Yeah, so so it's exactly pay as you go. So I started like most people and just did the sell a website. Somebody hands over a pile of cash and they get a new website. Um, and from lots of talking to people and finding out about the industry and working out how it works, is I found that. Um, for new businesses, that doesn't work well because they need a big pile of cash. And for businesses that have been around a bit and had a few websites, unfortunately, they've usually met somebody who's not in the web design business and meant they've not had um, a good experience. Unfortunately, as an industry, there's quite a few people like that. And so most businesses who've been around a while have had a not a great uh, not experience. And so that's an issue I'm dealing with. So I sort of turned the whole model on its head and said, OK, so let's build some trust into the situation. Let's build um, a bit of difference so that I have to show how good the service is before people are really paying for it. And so, yeah, I've got the pay-as-you-go websites um, where people pay month by month by month. Uh, they're not locked in at all. Um, and the only initial payment is your initial month. So somebody might pay me £40 a month. And after a month, they've got a website, they've got an email address, they've got a domain, the websites, it's not a template, it's been built for them and they've paid £40. And the most they're committed to is the £40 the month after. And that's mm -hmm. it. And after that, they can, they can stop whenever they want or they can keep going. Um, and so if you're a new business, that's completely different to finding £1,500, £2,000 for a new website because you're just finding £30, £40 month by month as you're getting started. Yes, and I guess it's consistent income for you as well, which is is good, isn't it? Can I just ask Sam something that um, that made me wonder what what would happen then if somebody if you've designed a website for someone and they've paid monthly for I don't know two years 
and then they decide that they um that they want to stop does that then mean that they lose their they, they lose it all it's all gone so yes if they decide to stop it stops there is the option to buy out the website um and after a long period of time like that that would be a low price if they wanted to buy it out after a month that would be a bit different but yeah it works like that i'm also working on in the long term i've not got there yet with my first customers but in the long term that after four or five years you would actually get uh, a brand new website again because you don't want to keep paying month on month and your website stays the same after five years or ten years for your business so it's there's going to be a new website every i haven't worked out the exact timing yet mm. because nobody's got there yet but after four or five years it's going to be you you can start again with a brand new website no because that that was um that that's really good because i was concerned that um an indefinite payment of a certain amount would be obviously quite expensive if you did it for five or six years yeah. if, if you wanted to just stay with uh, with what you had um so that's that is an option that's an interesting one very good hmm. also um well not not to do well yes to do with the business to a certain extent what changes have you noticed that there's anything that you're having to do that's different based out there From in it, it's difficult to tell because I've come out here at such an odd time. It's difficult to tell if things are different because I'm out here or things are different because people are doing business differently and behaving differently. Uh, I have the slight issue when I'm trying to log into things. Uh, I have to often jump through a lot more security hoops because uh, a lot of websites I'm spot, I'm logging in from Mozambique and not from the UK and they're instantly suspicious. Um, <laughs> so logging into stuff can take a lot longer with extra security and that sort of thing but no most things just carry on as the same there's no you know i'm using the same computer hours and the same laptop so in some ways I, i'm sat down at a slightly different desk in a slot the same desk but in a slightly different place doing the same thing um mm. obviously the face-to-face -face meetings can't happen that was going to be the biggest difference but in the end it's not made any difference because nobody's doing it at the moment the face-to-face -face meetings Yes, I know with the uh, with podcasting and doing the interviews, I'd always intended at some stage to go into to doing some remote just because of the uh, the time factor and the involvement yeah. of having to come. I mean, it would take me a long time and it would be impossible at the moment for me to come and meet you where you are. <laughs> but I yeah, do yeah. have I do have the same issue on occasions if I've got to travel I'm in the very northern, I mean, I'm in York, North Yorkshire and the northern part of North Yorkshire. So for me to meet someone, it's a, Yorkshire's such a huge county. It, it's a whole day, generally. Yeah, um, no, it's um, an enormous mm. place. I was amazed though, I did a biking trip with my, I was saying I'd do some trips with my dad. I did a biking trip with him. We did coast to coast and we went from Morecambe across to Bridlington. And I was amazed that, I think about, three or four hours in we'd left Lancashire and the entire rest of the trip was Yorkshire I was mm. amazed quite how far over it went and yeah when you look north and south as well it's huge yes yeah, so, so um so the possibilities I know I'm getting uh, requests from people all over in in Yorkshire and um the the logistics of managing to get there the cost factor as well as the actual time yeah, yeah. factor and this has revolutionized it it means I can <laughs> uh, I can talk to people all over and much as I prefer face to face if I can um it's not going to um well certainly it's made things a lot easier here for me and I'm sure for a lot of people who are doing similar work 
how are yeah. your how are your children managing then have you got them into school there yeah so that's been a bit challenging as they've uh moved schools as the schools have locked down here so there's no they are an online school here but they're not at school so they have visited the school they're at so we came in october we had like a week's trip at october half term we looked at a few houses we didn't anything we just got an idea of what was available and what was most important for the kids is we looked around some schools so we visited most of the school the international schools here um, they had a clear favorite um, and so they had a day there they had some tests to do uh, we we took them in the morning picked them up sort of a couple of hours later when the tests were done and they were not very keen at all on leaving the school so they then spent the rest of the day at school and in fact my eldest went back the next day as well so it's a school I have been to on two days, but that's it, you know, in October. Um, and they've come back now and then jumped into a school that, that's not open. Um, there's online schooling happening and they're having Zoom lessons and they've got stuff sent through every day, which is really great. But it's, obviously it's quite hard starting a school when you've never been there, you've never met the teachers. Um, the language of the school is... English but some bits and pieces gone in Portuguese their friends seem to speak a complete mix of Portuguese and English and from the sound of it you know alternate sentences are in different languages with quite a lot of them um, but schooling is in in English um, so yeah so it's quite a challenge for them but they're they're managing that and managing their time and stuff which is good. Mm. How long are you out there for Sam do you know? So it's not a fixed period um, we're thinking about two years ish We've got basically our eldest daughter is probably going to force our hand. So she's now 13. So in a year when we start, it was going to be a year and a half, but it's less now. Well, a year and a half ish, so, you know, September, she would then be at the age where you'd start GCSEs in the UK. So then we'll need to come up with some sort of decision. So here at the school she's at, they do the international baccalaureate. Um, so she can. So at that point, we're either probably going to have to stay for another two years um, or decide to come back or find a school in the UK where she can transition back to maybe. Um, but yeah, that's going to force our hand a little bit that one. I, m I mentioned she could stay here and we could go home or vice versa, but she wasn't very keen on that. No. So, well, I know that the interna international um, baccalaureate qualification is highly respected, really. It's, so, no, no, it sounds amazing. And the, the depth, because the GCSEs, it's the subjects which are very segregated. While it is much broader and everything is really nicely joined together, even from what we've seen so far with the online school, which is really nice. And so, yeah, the idea of doing an IBAC sounds nice because you can easily transition. They have the same endpoint as a GCSE and you can easily transition from that into A-levels without any problem at all. So mm. no, it's not worried about that. We're not worried about that at all. It's purely the halfway through an IBAC, she can't easily jump into GCSEs. No, no, you can't. You can't mix the two. You'd have to. You'll have to decide one or the other, won't you? That's it. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> no. So um, lifestyle out there then, how different is it? So, Are you? I mean, I know with the lockdown, I'm not sure just what is happening where you are. Yeah, so it's it's we're not fully sure what lifestyle's like here because it's lifestyle um, with restrictions, and so I wouldn't say we're as integrated as we like to be into what goes on. Um, we're trying our best, so we're not in a full lockdown here. Where there are restrictions that came in pretty much as we moved in, um, maybe a couple of days later. 
So the restrictions here, they're, they're restricting social gatherings so there aren't big events with lots of people together. You're supposed to wear masks in busy places or where people gather um, and you're supposed to social distance and the, be the sort of busy city beaches are shut for, um, yeah, the busy city beaches are shut for going on and playing on. You can go, the locals still go fishing and so on. Um, so there are restrictions in place um, and then shops and stuff pretty much all have hand gel as you go in a lot of them don't let you go in without face masks one or two um, restrict the numbers going in not many though um, so yeah so there's quite a lot of that but then if you go to a sort of smaller local town and you go to the markets everybody is still shoulder to shoulder busting on the street and there's the odd mask and that's about it well, yeah so we're in Maputo which is the capital um so the capital has a huge beach so that's really popular it's a great place to hang out there's lots of people like to go there so they're trying to keep that restricted as much as possible as a really popular place to meet um, and public transport which goes a lot along there they're making sure people are wearing masks it's still pretty busy in the public transport. This is an African city, but they are making sure the queues are quite well organized. There is masks in place. There are people going around with disinfectant sprays. Um, so there is quite a lot going on, and the, but the cases are also very, very low here um, at the moment that we know of. Right. So in fact, you're probably far better off there. That was what I was going to ask you yeah. next. You're probably far better off there than in the UK. Possibly. Oh, Possibly. There's a few things. It doesn't seem to be spreading massively across Africa and they're still trying to work out why. Um, possibly things like massively, massively young population here. Um, it doesn't seem to spread outdoors as well seems to be the case and much more goes on outdoors, places like this. Um, yeah, it's difficult to know. And also they are doing lots of tracing and testing, but there is limited testing capacity here. But they seem to have a hand on it because there aren't people turning up at the hospitals because if they didn't know about it, eventually the hospitals would fill up and they're not doing it at the moment. Mm. Oh, well, that's that is really good news. That's very good news. Also, you had told me that you um, that you've quite a, a lot of experience. You've traveled um, whitewater rafting, wasn't it? Kayaking and whitewater rafting. Yeah, that's it. So I sort of. I went to kayak clubs when I was young in the scouts and things. And then at university, um, I did a lot of whitewater kayaking and then started to move abroad as that finished. So I raft guided in the States on the East Coast um, for the Boy Scouts for three months. And then we started doing expeditions abroad. So I lived out in Nepal for three months and we did some expeditions on some of the big rivers out there. The Sun Koji, the Marsh Yandi, which is one of the best whitewater rivers in the world, did some trips out there um, and then taken that to Russia, went out to the Caucasus in Russia. Um, that was quite a nice trip. And then out to Siberia, that was a much more serious trip. So went to Siberia to get there. We flew to Moscow. We had a couple of days in Moscow. We then had three days on the Trans-Siberian Railway with, with kayaks. We had to pay extra to have an extra, a bed each for the kayaks we took out to bribe the guards for that. So we had a three day train journey we then had a minibus journey for a day out to a remote village. We then stayed in the remote village overnight. We then got a six-wheel drive military vehicle up to the top of a mountain pass. Um, from there, we then had to walk. So there was two Russians who had an inflatable cataract and a load of kit, and there were three Westerners, and we had 
kayaks and stuff. So you had to walk with our kayaks and all the kits down the valley, literally from the source of the river, pretty much as it was a trickle down. We just walked as, until we thought it, we could actually float on this river. And then we had about a week and a half, two week trip down one river into the next, into the next, um, very, very much in the middle of nowhere. Um, and yeah, done that also out in Turkey. Um, so yeah, a few different places. That with a, sounds with that sounds absolutely fascinating. Will you have the opportunity to do any of that that sort where you are now, or you know, is there anything within reach for you? Uh, obviously not at the moment. Everything's in lockdown, mm. um, and I'm a little bit I'm a little bit out of practice. We have shipped out the kayaks. Uh, we have got the Zambezi running through the country. The Zambezi here, I think, is quite flat, and the main danger is crocodiles and hippos. Uh, but uh, we could get across to where there's the white water of Vic Falls and there's the very, very, very famous rapids there. Um, but I'm a little bit rusty and out of practice as well. So, so we'll have to yes. see. There's nothing on the doorstep. Mozambique has got all the big rivers where they're big and slow and they're coming to the sea. I think the idea of crocodiles and hippos would probably put me off anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, not... yeah, wait, yeah, balance. If you're in the white water, they're not there. So. No, 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 but um, I have done some kayaking myself, but uh, yes, I think it could be, uh, you know, you don't want to fall in, do you? You don't want to fall in if you don't know what's under the water there. So uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Sam, for talking to us. That's it's, right. it, if anyone wants to get in touch with you then, Sam, to talk to you about web design, I know that you're, you did tell us your website, obviously you have one is samhollis.co.uk um how else could they get in touch with you nice and easy you can call me on my whole number believe it or not so 01482 426 427 or you can drop me an email sam at samhollis.co.uk that's brilliant thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us and um i hope once the lockdown is lifted at your end that you get a better chance to actually explore thank you very much it's been a <laughs> a great pleasure being being with you okay thank you so this is susan and sam signing out now from inside yorkshire or outside yorkshire in his case <laughs>